everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Turbo Esprit. Mm. But you know what, Aaron? We heard from the programmer of last week's game, hey. More T. Vicker. He actually wrote in and commented on our YouTube channel. He said, uh, great to hear your thoughts, guys, and thanks for making the, the video. Um, he says that uh, in order to keep the game running smoothly, uh, the game used a trick, uh, and for much of the time, it wasn't scrolling the whole play area. Uh, it would uh, bits of the screen containing no scenery would often drop out of the scrolling, and so um, the the whole reason he, he wrote that was we were wondering why there was no music in the game. And basically, the trick he was getting to use the game to scroll basically took up so much of the the computing power that the music would have been impossible. So thank you so much, uh, Jonathan, for uh, writing in. And uh, he also mentioned that the, the J and C cheat mode, uh, that is his initials. Mm, put that duh, in makes so, sense, yeah, doesn't it? does yeah. make sense. We should have we we got that. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty interesting game, a pretty amazing considering what you were playing it on. It was yeah. quite remarkable. Yeah, and we, we also heard from uh, our, our newest um, uh, Patreon member, uh, Clive's Club member, uh, Harbonaut. He is actually the artist for uh, Chase HQ. Uh, he he enjoyed our uh, Chase HQ show on, on the Spectrum. And, Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah. Both these guys are quite renowned in the, in the, in the Spectrum community, and they are on their have uh, at least checked us out. In yeah. some cases, hopped on board. It's a great welcome aboard, man. We're glad to have you. Absolutely, we may absolutely. be We may be touching you up for some uh, insight because I know his name pops up a lot in some of these games. That's real handy, isn't it? Now, let, let me ask you a question, Aaron. Before, yeah, before we get into the show, um, on, on our, our last show we did uh, on Amigos, we, we talked a little bit about computer shows. And I was wondering, back in the... I know you've been to quite a few computer I have. shows I have. in your life. Uh, these are kind of uh, expos that they used to hold over at the, the Civic Center, right? No. these no. were The ones I went to were in, uh, of all places, uh, they were in Dayton, Ohio. Really? Yeah, they were at Hare Arena. It was the one That was the nearest one we would go to that were... Now, I've been to some in... Uh, uh, in Lexington, they, I've been to a couple there uh, at the uh, at the basketball. Uh, uh, what is the name of that place? The uh, I can't, it's a, I'd be murdered if I lived in Kentucky. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Rupp Arena. Rupp Arena. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and the and the annex around it. Uh, and but a computer show uh, was basically a, a gathering of vendors, effectively. And uh, the funny thing is, though, this shows you how things have gone. It's kind of funny to bring this up because in Hare Arena. Dayton has a big-time ham radio club, or had, and I assume it's still there. And so this, at first, was a ham show, straight ham radio. And then eventually they brought in, it was a ham and, com- and computer show. Okay. And ham eventually was gone. So this is like the Newport Jazz Festival, which became the Newport Jazz and Folk Festival, which became the Newport Jazz, Funk, and Rock Festival. And then from then on out, it was just the Newport Rock Festival. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, they just sort of phased out. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same. You would go to these things, and the reason we would go is because you would have access to hundreds of vendors that you would never have access to in your town. Why couldn't you just look them up on the internet? Because there was no internet, mm-hmm. as you know, and it really there was, and no one was buying crap on BBSs. That mm-hmm. was out. You know, there was no way, there was no uh, facility for that. So you would go to uh, to these computer uh, fests, CompuFest, because it's called, very original, and you and they would have t- just people have tables set up, and and Hair Arena is pretty massive. So you'd have people in the actual base of the arena and all parts around where everything, all the halls that would be full of, of these guys. And usually there'd be some gimmicks there. They'd be showing us some new stuff off uh, that they were selling. I remember for a couple years running, they would have 
these very enterprising guys would bring in strippers, mm. and they would they would they wouldn't get naked, but they'd get mostly naked, and they would be selling pictures of themselves with computer po- components in the background. Them laying on computers. Man, nothing I want to put on my wall. Like, <laughs> or they're like licking a keyboard or something. No, it was okay. It was, I mean, and, and they would have a pack of people because almost everyone at this and, was and a man. Way I was going to say, let's not say a pack of people. Let's be honest. This is a pack of men. It was a, a pack, pack of, of men, <laughs> lonely men, and who were and there was the only good look, the only chick good looking. Otherwise, in the entire arena would be over. They have a couple of them over mm-hmm. here. That's one thing I remember distinctly. was this thing, uh, and they were always right near the entrance when they had this. But uh, uh, they even had Amiga vendors there. Uh, the Amiga hat I've got. If you ever see me wear it, I bought that at one of the computer shows. Now the Amiga, I don't remember seeing the Amiga there more than a couple times. Uh, and this was at a time when I was I knew the Amiga and I'd had an Amiga, but I was mostly the PC. So I think mm-hmm. and Amiga stuff was incredibly expensive. So that hasn't changed. I would go here and because what I used to do was build systems and sell them. Mm-hmm. And so you would go here to get cheap knockoff video cards from the depths of Hong Kong. You would go, you would get cheap memory. Uh, you would get uh, real wacky video cards. They just have stacks and stacks and stacks of boxes and motherboards of video cards. I bought all my cases here. I bought all my power supplies here because you'd get them cheaper. You know, you would buy uh, discs. Would be you'd buy here. They had uh, uh, rack. There'd be tons of vendors of nothing but public domain software. There'd be people selling boxed PC stuff. Uh, and it's funny. Towards the end, you would start seeing people selling emulation packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would get your, uh, you know, hey, look, you can play all the Atari games for a new between 1999. You know, you, you could get the disc. Now, let, uh, the reason why I bring this up on this show, on mm-hmm. our Sinclair show, is that uh, when you started going to these shows, was the um, was the PC already the dominant? Fi- I mean, you weren't going to these back in your Coco days or anything like no, that, right? No, this was this was the PC was the, okay. This was the only really the, with the exception of a little bit of Apple. Mm-hmm. And a fragment of of, of Amiga. Uh, there was, and no Atari at all. I never saw any Atari stuff. This was all it was all PC. Mm-hmm. So these are guys. That basically, if you're an American, I'm sure there's a British equivalent. Maybe you know it. There was a magazine called PC Shopper. It was a, it was like that thick. It was as big as a phone book almost. It was massive, and you, and it was all ads. Right? There'd mm-hmm. be a few articles, but it was all ads. This was like the physical representation of Computer Shopper. That's what it reminded me of. A million different people from all over the world. They're all over the United States coming in and selling this stuff. And, it, and we'd get guys from California. And it's funny, you'd have uh, a table ran by a bunch of Arab guys. And you'd have some Indian guys here. And you'd have some uh, Asian fellows here. And that, so that was, and these, I guess these guys had connections or whatever. And they would mm-hmm. bring their wares. They were Russians. There was a lot of Russians at these shows. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was actually kind of neat. Yeah, it's kind of, you you're, know, you're meeting people from all over the world. And you're haggling with this Russian guy. He's like, he's like, no, no, three, three. You need to pay three. You know, it's like, okay. I'll and it was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. And everyone was ready to haggle and, and deal with you. Especially if you were buying in bulk, mm-hmm. and so you could get some good deals. They were a lot of fun. Eventually, it wound down, and the ones I went to in uh, Kentucky were much lamer and much more expensive. That's where they were unloading overpriced stuff. You could not get the deals you could back in the day. Uh, that scene just sort of dried up, just like much like Computer Shopper went from that as thick as a phone book to like almost pamphlet sized. It's just because the uh, the industry constricted, and a lot of those people got squeezed out, or you know went out of business or whatever, and so what you had left was what you had to deal with. And I think part of that was probably the you know a combination of the rise of the internet, the fact that the uh, PC world became more. I mean, there was a time where there was a zillion different peripherals, but then there weren't. You know, there were 
there were ten different motherboards. There were five different processors. Then there were three. Then there were just a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of makers of them, and so that stuff all constricted, and they went away. And so that was pretty much in the computer show. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, I was curious because, uh, and this is our this week's community question for all of you listeners out there. Did you ever go to shows back? In, let's say. Eighty-three. You know, were there computer shows that were held in big arenas in the UK or other places? You know, where the, where the spectrum was popular, and did you see kind of the the arena cordoned off into all these different? Because talk about market fragmentation. You know, eighty-three, eighty-four. You had the BBC, you had the the Spectrum, you had the Amstrad, you had the PC, you had the Apple II, the Commodore sixty-four. You know. Going to one of those shows, could you imagine going to a similar show to what you went to in Dayton at that time with that many different systems out there? It would be interesting because the times that I went, you're talking uh, somewhere in the, in, the, in the early 90s mm-hmm. most of the time and maybe 89. And so uh, by that time, yeah, that stuff had all pretty much washed away. Yeah. It would be awesome to see uh, be at a computer, a place to buy all this different stuff in you know, one spot. Now you're just going to look like the vintage computer festival or something like that where you might be yeah, well, that's probably vendors, the, you know? the closest representation yeah. these days yeah um do you remember that the very last show you went to did you know it was going to be the last one that was it just like i did i did i went to one it was either in it was either it may have been in charleston or huntington but it was it was um they were selling i know they were selling lcd monitors and stuff and everything was outrageous and this is a time where it's something else that happened it's like uh we would go for video cards for example and 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 uh sound cards well they'd all been integrated it that stuff just all went away yeah and so integration took a lot of that stuff out of it as well and so and people also got to the point where they didn't care that much they pcs the, the people that actually bought pcs changed also pcs became cheaper so you couldn't undercut people mm-hmm. like i sold computers to the state of west virginia uh uh, uh one time and we hit and the way we did it was we were able to put put these pcs together at, at, a, at a lower lower rate you know, but those days were over. And so if there's no money to be made, every, the system breaks down. Yeah. So yeah, but I knew it was over. LCD monitors charge of five or 600 bucks and you know, everything was super outrageous. And there was only a few vendors there. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like, yeah, it was all junk. It was that we were done. And it, but that's the last one I ever went to. That's probably the last one I ever had that I saw. Mm. Yeah. A sad ending, but not really. We had a good time at all these. It was always a fun time. Yeah. It was always a lot of fun. Well, you know what else is a lot of fun? What's that, man? Turbo Esprit Challenge. Turbo, nice, nice one, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the old Turbo Esprit. So, uh, this bad boy was released, boat in '86. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, pretty, pretty far up the road uh, on the Spectrum. I think this came out after the Amiga had debuted. Yeah. And stuff. So it's kind of yeah, but kinda, the Spectrum was still going strong. Yeah. Um, and this was uh, published by <coughs> some fellows called Durrell Software Limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the author of this was a fellow named Mike Richardson. He did a lot of stuff. I wrote down some of this. It's funny, we have zero knowledge of the Spectrum, so I had to kind of look at what these even were. I not what they were. He did some games including Combat Links, Harrier Attack. we got to try this one, Jungle Trouble. Ooh. Lunar Landing. Might be fun. Saboteur 3, Scuba Dive, Sigma 7, Spitfire, and Thanatos. Pretty we know cool. about Thanatos. Uh, the other fellow that worked on this was Dave Cummings, who I don't have anything else for him, just this. Uh, this was a 48K release, uh, one player. Uh, when you played this, I, I, I used the keyboard. I'm guessing you used the keyboard as oh, well. Oh, no. I'll use the joystick I used on the joystick, it. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering if. Uh, uh, what did you think of the control on this thing? It's out of the gate. Did you? Well, do we want to talk about let's, that? Let's now? get right in. Well, because I, I asked this because you've got your choice of controls on this, and I chose to go with the keys uh, on this. And of course, uh, 
uh, the emulated keys. You have to kind of find them and everything. Mm -hmm. But I did. I had uh, 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 I had tried the stick and just couldn't get didn't too well. Uh, did you Did you have good problems? You know, problems the, with the, the, stick? the controls are not the most intuitive in the world, but they made sense once you learn them. And the the key is is that you can't control your car like you're driving a car. No, you cannot. You, you got to think about it in a different way. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. So, before we get too deep into it, let's talk about what the game is. Um, you you control a car, and basically, uh, from what I can gather here, and Bo, you stop me if I'm wrong here, you're basically out to thwart a, a drug a drug deal, right? A massive drug mm -hmm. deal. Now, uh, this is one of these. And this, well, I'll say this is one of those games. But this is this game is unique given the era. The fact that pretty much you can do what you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, effectively, you you get in your car. The uh, view of this thing is a sort of a it, it's almost like a, a, a test drive or something. You've got no in terms of the view. You've got you're behind the wheel and you see the and you see through the windshield. Except you're in the the you actually see the car as right. opposed it's, to it's, not seeing it. It's 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 like test drive kind of, but kind of yeah, not the, at all. The wheel part. The wheel like parts, test drive. That's yeah, what it reminded yeah. me of. Um, it, it, this game is it's got to be unique. I can't think of any other it's, game that has this viewpoint. It's where, odd. You know what it, you know what it really reminded me of is those games like you would get the the ones that sit on your right, desk, right? And you've got the little wheel and then you can see the car. That's what it was. That's yeah, what, it's like the 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 electromagnetic or you know like the the kids games where you have the the strip of road that's really a piece of tape that <laughs> rolls right. over and over again that's exactly the yeah. first time i've tried this i'm like oh man this is really an, a weird feeling it to took like me a long time to realize that i was because at first i was looking at the the perspective and i was like well maybe my car is just really high up and i'm <laughs> driving in first you know in first you person you were in <laughs> yeah i thought i was just driving bigfoot you know <laughs> And, and, and so, that would make a unique game. Yeah, absolutely. It would make it easy to fight crime. Yeah, no you kidding. Know? You just roll over. Yeah, the just smash into the car. Um, but yeah, so you are you are looking at your dashboard, but you're also seeing your full car in front of you, just like you would um, a game like Pole Position. That's right. That's right. Um, so you drive through the town. You've got your map. Mm -hmm. The map you must have. You must use often. Mm -hmm. And. It kind of gives you a hint of where you're at and what's going on, and then there'll be little messages that tell you, you know, the, they're they're getting a position, a deal has happened. Right. And you can really and you can tackle this game in a few different ways. Uh, uh, I would usually, well, I'll be honest, I had trouble being effective with my vehicle. <laughs> you, were, right. you were not an effective drug-busting machine? No, I was not. I was an effective car-busting machine <laughs> because I would repeatedly run into other cars, wreck. I'd, sometimes I would try to wait until the deal went down. I was like, now nah, I'm springing to action. And inevitably, I would get, I would wreck. You know, it drove me nuts. The, so what were your experiences? I'm certain you did a little better than me. Well, you know, I, I read a lot of material online about this mm -hmm. game. And the general consensus is that you use the map to... Um, kind of maneuver yourself into the center of town because that's where most of the deals are going right. down. I read that as well. As soon as the deal goes down, then you then you just kind of kind of drive around until you see that pink car. Okay, yep. and the pink car is the uh, is the the drug the, the the dealer, and then the game becomes Chase HQ. Uh, then then you basically ram that car into submission until the enemy is apprehended, and then you do it all over again, and that and that's the game. It's less that part's less. 
uh, hard than Chase HQ. Yes. Yes. Like you could actually like you could actually. Kill I was a able. Car. I was able to uh, make the 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 criminal submit in this game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, one thing we should touch on is there there are four different towns mm -hmm. that you could pick from, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And they're, they're different. They're too. different. Mm -hmm. The layouts are different and stuff. The rendering of the screen is actually it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. Forty eight K boat. Yeah. And you're going through um, three dimensional uh, building blocks, mm -hmm. the blocks of, of a town, yeah. including uh, differences in the way things look. Mm -hmm. There are other there's stuff going on uh, around you. you other see, cars. You see pedestrians on the road. You see cars, and this is this is the you you can't undersell this. Uh, the cars obey the rules of the road. Yeah, they it, stay in their lanes when the when you come up to a traffic light, and if that traffic light's red, all the cars will stop until yeah. it turns green. And something else that will they, not only will they avoid you if you're like one thing I would do is stop in the middle of the road, and mm -hmm. the oncoming cars would stop. Yeah. They wouldn't just hit you. So the the enemy or not the enemy, but the, the 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 NPC cars in this game are actually much smarter than many Amiga uh, racing game cars in the yeah. way that they act. Well, they the fellow that put this together literally just had. Has traffic rules. I mean, mm -hmm. they programmed it, in, so it's kind of it's kind of neat. It's very realistic. Well, I mean, as you're driving along, it does help you to know that the the guy that's oncoming is not just going to swerve into your lane, right? Right. <laughs> because I didn't need that much. I didn't need that pressure. Mm -hmm. I was having enough trouble as it was. Um, the uh, uh, the the cars look good. They have you occasionally see pedestrians. There's mm -hmm. street there's street lights mm -hmm. and stuff. That's all pretty neat. The uh, uh, now there are there are occasions where you will have to uh, make a turn where you screwed up, then you have to make sort of a which I had a heck of a time with. This, this. is the most challenging part of the game, turning. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to press the. I don't. I don't know how it works on the keyboard with the, the with the with, the, with the joystick. You have to press the button and then push the direction. And if you do it just right, the scenery will shift. Yeah. You will have turned Which onto cool. a new block. And again, this is totally unique in, ra in, in in games like this. Like, you know, racing games. First of all, most racing games, you're not actually racing on, you know, a full city course. You're racing on a predetermined loop or whatever. Right. Um, this game gives you choice in where to go, and it's more of a choice than the outrun kind of pick your, pick your direction thing. Uh, this is, uh, it's so unique. It, it really is. Uh, well, the can you think of another game that's like this on any eight or sixteen? Where you have computer. to, where you, where you wait, where, where you, you wait to go kill, go run over a heroin addict car and 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 three D? No, I can't. It's, well, I'm talking about where you're actually negotiating a real city street no. block system. No, no way. Yeah, I mean, you can play stuff like in the arcade, like you, like turbos and stuff. They would render a city, but it was nothing like this. Yeah. This was like, yeah, this is all. This is a whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, unfortunately. I stunk. I had zero success playing this game. Just due to the fact that I could not. <coughs> I would hit. Like, this is not one of those games where you just put the pedal down the metal. You 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 really sort of have to obey this traffic loss too. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're smoked. I could. What I would. I gave up trying to win and just tried to look around and learn how to drive the car. I spent. I mean, I would try to go get the drugs, but it. I didn't. I don't know. I had trouble control. I like this game too because it doesn't. This game is not a game where you um, 
it's not like pole position where your car blows up when you wreck and you, you're losing time. And it's not even like OutRun where your car flips over and you lose time, although it, you get back on there more quickly. This game works on a series of penalties. So you have a score, but whenever you do something that is against the laws of the road or you run into something, which I guess is also against the laws of the road, <laughs> yeah. um, you, 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 earn, you, know, you earn a penalty which deducts from your score. So, um, you know, again, this is just a very unique take on um, a game where they could have made it just another kind of Chase HQ ripoff. Although, does this game predate Chase HQ in the arcade? I think it does. In the arcade? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. You don't? We did Chase, because we did the... We did a port of Chase HQ, and it was well before 86. I know that. This is from 86. So I would, wouldn't you say this is this would be after I'd say okay. yeah okay. I'd, we'd have to go back and look you're yeah. asking someone with a horrible memory yeah. about dates um, the good thing is the, the your enemy the pink and the blue cars they stand out because of they, they basically light up the block as you right. go by which that right. makes them easy to see because the world's basically in black and white and, and plus where the sky color is uh, the and I guess that's your color clash which mm -hmm. lighting it up but actually it's helpful yeah you know it's <laughs> to tell what's going on so I like I did appreciate that. I'm yeah. so glad they did it that way instead of trying to put like enemy car arrow. You yeah, know, or yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. This yeah. is oh, this is just as effective. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, sound is is hideous, of course. Yeah. Uh, they actually, uh, from what I read, they worked. They consulted with Lotus on this game. Mm -hmm. I don't know what insight Lotus could have given them, honestly. Right. I mean, really, other than like the design of the car on oh, the, front the of dashboard the box. or something. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and I'm guessing the dash don't look like that, but. You never know. You never know. I've never been in a Lotus. Maybe it does. I haven't either. It's it's all blue with a bunch of pastel green and pink. <laughs> yeah, looks like an XEGS in there. I never would have guessed that, man. Um, one thing I'll say is you had. There's a lot of looking at the map, mm -hmm. and so you're flashing back and forth a lot. That's yeah, the only reason it, I use the keyboard. I think that the um, the if this game, if they could have integrated, maybe made, and I, this is you know a game where the HUD is already mega constrained by your dashboard, but if they could have put some, had some way of putting the map on the screen, um, it would have made this game so much, it, it would have allowed you to immerse yourself so much more in the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I don't feel qualified to say too much about this to give my lack of prowess at it. Uh, like I said, I understand, and I, th this is often, like you said, this is a GTA-style game, which is a, probably, if not the first, one of the first mm -hmm. that did it. And it is kind of neat to drive around just to watch the traffic and yeah. stuff. And it go and check out, I checked out all the towns, you know, to look at, just to see the differences and stuff. Uh, but the, I, I guess if you're better at the controls than me, you'd have more fun. I just didn't yeah. think it was that much and fun. Like I said, I think using the keyboard really hampered you. Well, I, I think, used both, and I thought the keyboard was the easiest. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I really had good luck with my stick. Um, you know, I, it was hard. It did take me a while to learn it. And still, even still turning, I'd still make wrong turns and, and have to do three-point turns and things that like that. That was a nightmare. Yeah. That was also tough. Now, the keyboard is a separate key for reverse. Mm -hmm. So, pro probably actually one thing that made it easier for me, but it still was tough. Yeah. Turning corners was tough. Yeah. yeah. That stuff was tough. I'd like to have seen an, a little bit uh, easier interface for that than, than what they had. Mm -hmm. but, but, I don't, but again, I don't know how they would have done it. Yeah, you know, I don't so. either. It was this game was uh, way ahead of its time. That's yeah. that's that's for sure. Um, the uh, I did looked up some scores on this. Mm -hmm. uh, the people over at World Sinclair or World Spectrum gave this an eight point five two massive score. Yeah, uh, Crash gave this eighty eight percent. The CVG twenty nine out of forty. Sinclair user five out of five stars. Uh, 
Your Sinclair nine out of ten. Your computer three out of five. And this also won a uh, a, a, a award from Sinclair User. The, it got the SU Classic Award. So it, it was a pretty well received game. Uh, I found these on eBay, believe it or not. I found a, a, a couple copies, seven bucks, <laughs> seven bucks in the, in, it's the, yours. in the UK. You can take this bad boy home. Um, I will say that when I when I turn this thing on before we close it down, the the, the building rendering stuff it is quite remarkable. I mean, really, it's uh, um, for forty eight k. It blows my mind because mm-hmm. I will say, you know, I love the cocoa and stuff and. Uh, we didn't see, we didn't see this kind of uh, uh, gameplay. There's nothing even cl- like in the no. in the ballpark. No, I uh, mean the, it, it runs so. I mean it, it's not smooth. I mean you're you're you, you see the frames, but it's it gives the illusion of speed, and uh, and the frame rate is not so atrocious that it makes the game suffer. I gotta ask you, how far did you get into this? Did you, I mean you said you took down? Did you? Because you could have beat this game, and it doesn't take that long. I watched a guy play through it. He he beat the game. Did you? Could you actually go all the way through no, and beat it? No, I could. I could get a couple. What I did was I, you know, I, I wasn't sure how to beat the game, and so what I'd do is I'd kind of spend some time in a city. I, I'd, you know, find one or two cars and try and disable. Then I'd go to the other cities and just kind of see the differences. Yeah. Um, this game would have been great. Uh, you know, if this had come out a couple years later, you could have put out expansion discs with different cities on them, you know, or different or maybe different cars. Stuff. Yeah, different cars. Uh, you know, this game, yeah, um, I'm really surprised that this was kind of all we heard from this genre until Grand Theft Auto came along, really. Well, I think in the case of this, it's just that it was the end of the run for this thing. You know, th- with the new, uh, the new, uh, uh, the, uh, the next coming out, I wonder if this will be a game that gets revisited. Oh boy, that would be great. That would be great. That would be that would be kind of kind of a neat. I mean, listen, if you're going to redo a couple, I mean, I would if you juice up the controls on this a little bit. I think you got something. Like I said, that was the one thing that really hampered me from enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We did get some uh, Discord community reviews this week. Uh, Graham Vebke uh, reviewed this. He said an open driving game that has lots of depth driving in four cities, avoiding cars and pedestrians, with the option to also chase drug barons. Turning the car into side roads and making three-point turns can be a bit tricky, judging the angles, but mastering this is part of this great game. Eight out of ten. Chris Folds says, GTA for the ZX generation. Multiple cities full of fast cars with guns, hitmen, and drug lords. What's not to like? A true classic that wowed me when it came out and is still fun today. 8.5 out of ten. And finally, Pixels at Dawn says, an innovative open-world driving game way ahead of its time, but I found it was hindered by appalling turning controls yes. and the need to keep switching to a map screen all the time. Yep. Points for effort, though. Six out of ten. So thank you to our Discord community members for submitting those reviews. And that's that's that was the problem I had right there, just the turning and the and the uh, ability not to hit cars. And the map thing, but of course the map's sort of a necessary evil, and you're not going to get ma- one-screen maps in this era. It's right. not going to happen. Hey, there's something else for the next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I do want to uh, remind everybody that uh, uh, if you have any questions or any feedback for the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can mm. send us a message at uh, feedback at irisinclair.com, or you can uh, leave us a message on uh, on the YouTube video or however you listen to us. Um, we are on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener and you want to listen to the show on Spotify, feel free to. Um, and uh, if you want to get our uh, show notes, such as we, uh, there's not really many show notes for this show, but uh, if for whatever reason, if you need to download the MP3 of this show, uh, you can do that over at OurSinclair.com. Um, 
do want to welcome a new member, a new Patreon uh, supporter, a member of Clive's Club. Mm. So he's actually going to be involved in uh, choosing uh, one of our upcoming episodes. Outstanding. This is Harbonaut. Harbonaut, most famous for being the artist on Chase HQ. Yes, thanks yeah, for coming on board. Among many other games. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so uh, with that, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. Thank mm. you for supporting the thank show. You and if you do like the show and you'd like to throw us a couple bucks every month, patreon.com slash our Sinclair. Aaron, next week on the show, we're going to play a really funny sounding name. And, game. Wow, what a shocker. Quasitron. Ooh, Quasitron. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. It okay. does sound good. Any so, idea what that is? No, I know it's a shooter. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't know that at all. It might be an action game. <laughs> I can't remember. You're all over the map, but I should I should have just said I didn't know because I don't know. <laughs> but I know that I'm going to enjoy playing it, mm. and I hope you all enjoy your spectrums this week, Aaron. Until next time, rewind tape and press play.